many supporters that are in the Buckhead area. Majority of them are not in support of the city de-annexing, but there are some that are considering it. And so you're creating right now an internal divide in that neighborhood. But also, it certainly will not be lost on people that there is an economic as well as a racial divide in terms of the makeup of people in there. And I believe that only continues to feed into what is going on in our country is a lot of divisions. Instead of attacking us with lobbyists $50,000 a month, why don't they call us and talk to us about how to fix these problems? We haven't heard anything from them. And you know what? It tells me something very clearly. They don't care about Buckhead. They only care about our money. And guess what? Those days are over. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Crazy Money. This is your host, Paul Ollinger, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, the 404, the ATL, and the subject of this week's episode. Because there are some things happening here in Atlanta that merit conversation, that merit some deep thought, that merit discussion, and I look forward to sharing them with you today. Let me ask you a question, folks. What would happen if the richest neighborhood in your city declared itself its own municipality? For example, what if Manhattan seceded from the rest of New York City, taking the wealthiest citizens and resources with it, and left the other boroughs to stand on their own? What if in Chicago, Lincoln Park, Old Town, and other north side neighborhoods formed their own incorporated city of no shy and left economically challenged south side to fend for itself? Well, that's the debate that's happening here in Atlanta, where a well-funded group is petitioning to carve out a city from the wealthy enclave of Buckhead, where, perhaps not coincidentally, I actually live with my family. This initiative, folks, has gained traction. I see the signs in yards all over my neighborhood and all over Buckhead as I drive around. And it has a very real chance of making it to the ballot in November of 2022, where it will either be or won't be ratified by the citizens of the neighborhood that would become the city of Buckhead. On today's episode, I speak to Bill White, who is the CEO of the Buckhead City Committee, the organization behind the movement. I also speak to Felicia Moore, who is the president of the Atlanta City Council and a candidate for mayor. That election is happening on November 2nd. Now, folks, this might sound like a local news issue, and it is, but I think it has implications for everyone, wherever you live. I think there has been more and more divide between the haves and the have-nots in our world, and this is also an issue of race. Atlanta is a town that is 38% white. Buckhead is an area that is 82% white. It is far more affluent than the rest of the city of Atlanta on average. And these kinds of things are happening around us more and more. And I'm interested in the both practical and ethical implications of what happens. I'm also interested in the practical and ethical implications of these kinds of movements. Not that there's not good reason for them. Buckhead is the heart of old Atlanta. It's large, elegant homes, lush green lawns. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. And crime here over the past few years has gotten way, way out of control. In Atlanta overall, homicides were up 59% in the first half of the year over 2020, which was before that the highest number of homicides in two decades. Rape, assault, and vehicle thefts increased by more than 30% in the first half of this year. That's citywide. In Buckhead, aggravated assaults are up 52% compared to 26% citywide, and robberies are up 39% over the 2% they're up citywide. So, Things have gotten particularly bad for Buckhead. That's not disputable. Now, why 
is somewhat disputable, but probably has a lot to do with the police force. After the mayor in Atlanta bungled a situation around a very controversial police shooting back in 2020, morale in our police force has plummeted, as have the ranks. We are short like 400 police officers and the whole city of Atlanta and Buckhead also just not getting the policing that it needs to keep its citizens safe. So there's very real issues here that are causing this movement, that are justifying this movement. I just don't know if this is the solution that's going to get us where we want to be as a city and even as residents of Buckhead. Think about this. Here's why it's relevant to this show. One of the things that people do when they first make a little bit of money is either intentionally or unintentionally isolate themselves. You go from a smaller house to a bigger house. You have a big yard. You put a fence around it. You get hedges. You send your kids to private school. You fly first class, maybe even fly private. And all that stuff sounds nice, but one of the effects of it is that you end up isolating yourself and you don't interact with your neighbors. You don't interact with the community at large. And since social connections are such an important part of happiness in our day-to-day lives, this isolation isn't necessarily good for us. It might look good, but it doesn't make us feel more connected to our fellow human beings. Now, that in and of itself is probably not nearly as important as the existential goal of not getting murdered in your home or on the street. But I want to weigh all of these unintended consequences, especially when you're making permanent decisions about the structure of our civic organizations and the municipalities themselves. There are a lot of questions to be answered, both practical and ethical, as I believe I mentioned. And I am grateful to both Bill White and Felicia Moore for making time to speak with me on the podcast this week. Again, Bill White is the CEO of the Buckhead City Committee, and Felicia Moore is the president of the Atlanta City Council and current candidate for mayor of Atlanta. We have interwoven these two separate conversations so that we can hear kind of both sides of the specific issues around the same time. And I look forward to your feedback on this episode because I think that uh, we have big issues that need to be solved. I just hope we don't make long-term mistakes in trying to address them. This is Bill White and Felicia Moore. Bill White, welcome to Crazy Money. Great, Paul. Great to be with you, sir. Nice to be on. Bill, can you explain briefly the mission of the Buckhead City Committee, please? Sure. The Buckhead City Committee started over a year ago. A group of volunteers got together and were very frustrated with I would say probably decades of issues facing the neighborhood of not having a seat at the table with regard to how taxpayer dollars were being spent in the Buckhead area. So folks were wondering about the garbage pickup not happening regularly, which is a continuing problem. They were worried about zoning. They were worried about infrastructure, potholes everywhere. They were worried about schools. They were worried about, you know, the heavy hand of government in terms of how zoning was approved and how business licenses were not approved. And so all that got trumped with the crime that has spiked dangerously. So in Buckhead, forget Atlanta, although we're all very concerned that Buckhead being part of Atlanta, Atlanta's crime going up, this is something that propelled the movement forward. So our mission today is to create Buckhead city. And the pathway to that is several fold, but one way, which is not happening, is that the legislators of our district that we elect could present a bill and it would sail through the assembly in about five minutes, right? 
Those would be uh, Betsy Holland and Jen Jordan. But they're all off, you know, uh, wanting to be attorney general and further their own ambition than represent the people who elected them. Because our polling has thrice told us that over 70 percent would vote yes if this mandate was on the ballot today. So we have two bills in the Georgia, one in the Senate, one in the Assembly, and they will be entertained this coming session in January. Should everything go well, we will be on the ballot November 2022. It will require a 50 plus one majority vote. It's a simple majority. So if there's 10,000 people voting, it has to be 5,001 say yes. That day we're a city. The governor appoints a a temporary commission until February where a mayor and a city council are elected in February. And on that day, whoever wins can start spending or saving or spending responsibly people's taxpayer dollars. Felicia Moore, welcome to Crazy Money. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited to talk with you. Felicia, as you know, the topic of this conversation is the movement backed by some in the city of Atlanta for the secession of an area called Buckhead, which is a wealthy part of the city of Atlanta. And I'm examining sort of the moral and practical implications of that. Let's start with crime. What's going on with crime in Atlanta? Well, it's out of control. And of course, we're seeing that out of control all over the country. But Atlantic's experiencing more crime than it's used to. And particularly in these days and times when people can connect and get information quickly, people are realizing that there's a lot of violent crime going on in and around the city. And it's not just that there's crime going on. It's that people who are in trouble can't get the police on the phone. Criminals who are being arrested are being released because they can't be indicted and there's no place to put them. So we've got some serious logistical issues in addition to the crime itself. Well, I agree with you on that. And I have a program as five C's and you've touched on some of them. One, we've got to get more officers on the street. We lost a lot of them during the last year and a half due to morale. So we need to get our officers on the street. But when they arrest people, they are going to the court system and repeat offenders and violent offenders are being let out. One thing that we can do at the city is to allow the sheriff, as he has asked for, to utilize our 1,300-bed facility called the Atlanta City Detention Center, which is pretty much empty, other than maybe 20 to 50 people a night. So that is an area uh, that we've got to focus on, working with the courts to see how we can keep people who are repeat offenders from being let out. Who votes in that referendum? Is it just residents of the area that would become Buckhead City? Yes, sir. That's a great question because there's a lot of misinformation out there as to who will vote. The 58 or 60,000 or so legally registered voters within the Buckhead City map that was accepted by the Georgia legislature, that pretty much encompasses Zone 2. I will send you a copy of that for maybe uh, your listeners can see that on your website. It's uh, interesting. A lot of folks tend to look at the map and see if their house is in the map. Uh, (laughs) Another interesting thing is some of these big companies that may or may not be, you know, for us. One thing that has happened kind of religiously is that the lobbyists for these companies who may not be supporting us call us and say, hey, the CEO of this company wants to know if his uh, or her house is in the map. And I say, wow. So they run a company that's going to come out against Buckhead City, but they want to make sure they're living in the map. Kind of funny, actually. 
comical. This program has a heavy Atlanta listenership, but it also includes listeners from all over the country and indeed several from all over the world. Can you explain the Buckhead neighborhood for those people who might not be familiar with it? Yeah, Buckhead traditionally is a wonderful place uh, deep within the tree canopy of Atlanta. You know, Atlanta is basically built inside and around a forest. The uh, northern part of Atlanta really is Buckhead. We are bordered all the way at the north by a town, which is its own municipality that left the area of Atlanta called Sandy Springs. To our east is another town, which you're very familiar with, Paul, right? Called the city of Brookhaven, which created itself its own municipality with its own police there. That's in the uh, eastern border known as the Cab County. And the southern tip uh, beginning of Buckhead is the 85-75 interstate split, pretty much uh, defines that. On the west side, we have the Chattahoochee, so that separates uh, Buckhead. But I think you would describe it not as a, you know, ritzy, glitzy Beverly Hills that I see it written about in the papers and the Daily Mail. I heard uh, Prince Harry read the article in the Daily Mail about us, and, and he's been to Buckhead, and there's some great shops and great restaurants and great houses. You know, the governor's mansion is in Buckhead. On West Paces Ferry Road, there are some amazing people who've started the fabric of companies in America, like Home Depot and Ann Cox Chambers with Cox Communications and, and other great companies that were founded here. But really, the average mean income of a resident of Buckhead we're about 100,000 people total is $104,000. So we're not all millionaires or billionaires. And we just want to live in peace. Let's talk about the police morale. You know, there's a lot of people who feel like city government abandoned the police after a very controversial shooting back in 2020. Did you support the dismissal of former Atlanta Police Department Chief Erica Shields? Well, she wasn't fired, as I understand it. She did resign. And I think part of that had to do with what happened prior to that. And we had officers that were let go without due process. And you've got to do due process. You've got to allow people to to have sort of their day in court, so to speak, a hearing, an investigation. And I was surprised, having been around for a while, when I had the TV on and the mayor just fired them in less than 24 hours. That's unprecedented. And that sunk morale because officers are feeling if I'm going out there doing my job and I don't even get due process, does the leadership really support us? And that was a big issue. And I'm a big proponent of due process. Everyone, every employee ought to have it, especially our police officers in this environment. And that's where leadership comes in, where you as the mayor of the city have discussions with the family of the victims and others to let them know what the process is. It's going to cost us a lot of money. The officers have been reinstated and even they're through the city and we're going to end up paying for it. As you mentioned earlier, there's no shortage of talk about crime and for good reason in Buckhead. And you mentioned crime earlier as being one of the driving factors and the rationalizations for Buckhead City. So in this future hypothetical city, if someone is arrested, where do the police take that person? Whose jail do they sleep in and which district attorney indicts and prosecutes them? Aha. See, you're a man who knows his facts. And we like that. We like talking to great journalists who really appreciate uh, the situation on the ground. We have a very challenging situation with Fulton County. We have uh, a DA who seems obsessed with things other than prosecuting crime in Buckhead. 
I don't know what that motivation is, but it's not working for us. So what we are doing in our legislation is we are providing for... Can you explain briefly what's going on with the Fulton County District Attorney's Office and the backlog of cases? Sure. Yeah, there's 100,000 plus. I heard 200,000. I mean, anything over 500 is insane, but it's well over 100 plus thousand cases that she's about to dismiss summarily because they don't have courts and the system to prosecute those people. So, you know, the insanity continues at the asylum, right? Walmart's open. My business is open. The OK Cafe is open. Why can't the courts be open? This is a joke. They're all getting paid, by the way. These are county employees who are sitting at home blaming it on COVID when they could be helping us to keep violent criminals off the street. Get to work. Go in your car. Get to work. Wear your mask. Wear a headgear. Wear a suit. Do what you got to do. But prosecute these criminals because it sends a message to them that emboldens them to continue committing crime. And that happens in Buckhead because there's stuff to steal here. And it is not a good look what the Fulton County DA is doing. I don't know. She's uh, after this politician or that politician. Just go after the murderers. Let's start with that. Let's skip the politicians until we get the murderers. Funny. Can you do that for us, please? Anywho, we will have a uh, court. We will have four judges. I'm reviewing uh, possible judges right now. It's not going to be Judge Judy and Judge Wapner. It's going to be uh, some very serious judicial folks who are going to help us put the smackdown on this violent crime in Bucket. You're not going to go to Fulton County Courts if we can have you first. And we're contracting with a jail four hours southwest of us. So if you think you're going to come to Buckhead and do crime and get out from Fulton County the next day, you're going to find yourself in a very rural area of South Georgia when you get out of that jail there. And it's going to be rough making, uh, making it home four hours north. So you might think next time, you know, maybe Buckhead isn't the place to do crime with 250 police officers compared to the 80 that we have now. There will be a big presence here. We're going to give each of our police officers their own car, you know, to uh, take home with them. We're going to offer a stipend to live in Buckhead so that when you're going to the bagel shop or the barber shop, you're going to know that that police car represents a Buckhead City officer shopping for his or her family and being part of the community. If you're mayor, what kind of a relationship will you have with the Atlanta Police Department? Well, first of all, I have a good relationship with many of the officers right now. I have several of them that call me and text me uh, quite often. And I want to make sure that I expand that. I want to get in front of their faces and their roll calls, let them know that I'm their mayor. I support them and that I will be having an open line of communication. Because there are a lot of issues internal to the department that people may not be aware of. And I want to make sure that I'm addressing that as I'm looking forward to the next leadership of the department. Part of the role of the mayor of the city of Atlanta is to work with the other leaders of the municipalities in the metro area, like Fulton County and the other counties. The Fulton County's DA office has a massive backlog of cases. Can you help with that? Well, I can't help directly other than uh, making sure that there's more facility space for them to hold people until trial 
which goes into working with the sheriff and fulfilling his request to give him. He's asking for 500 beds, but I think we can do better than that. And we also need to talk with them about a long term, perhaps sale of the jail to Fulton County with them allowing us to lease back spaces for our municipal offenses. We should be working together on this. Many of the people that are held were locked up as a result of crimes they committed in the city of Atlanta. So we need to work with them. Now, with the judges, we can only appeal to them. Of course, they have their autonomy to make their decisions in their courtroom. But we can also make sure that we're highlighting those things and looking at them so that we can make sure that we have a case to make to the public if they continue to let people out. Because there's about 500 people that are really doing a lot of the criminal activity in this city. Before becoming president of the Atlanta City Council, you represented District 9, which includes part of Buckhead. Is that correct? Yes, it's a very diverse district. It goes from Buckhead to Bankhead, as people call it, but it's actually Donnelly Hollowell Parkway. There's a large Latino population in District 9, so I'm very used to representing a very diverse district in ethnic background, race, income status. I think it's a microcosm of this city. Let's talk about the obvious fiscal implication for when the wealthiest part of the city leaves the tax base. Bucket is 20% of Atlanta's, and if I have these numbers wrong, please correct me. Bucket is 20% of Atlanta's residents, but about 40% of assessed property values. So it's not surprising that your feasibility study shows that we can pay for our own local government. But what's the impact on Atlanta losing a disproportionate amount of revenue for the city when I'm sure everybody who is a part of Atlanta City would say that the schools don't have enough money, the services don't have enough money, they don't have enough money to hire the the police officers that we need that you've cited. What's the bigger implication for the city of Atlanta? Well, here's the facts, right? Because those numbers are true. You've got them exactly right. It's about 20% of the population, but that 40% is not of the total revenue Atlanta collects, right? It's 40% of the property values. There's sales tax, there's hotel, motel tax. There's all kinds of different ways Atlanta makes money. Let me tell you what the real numbers are. These are the facts of the case, Paul. I can't create it any differently. Is Atlanta has a $2.1 billion annual operating budget coming up this year. We are only taking $205 million from that budget. That is precisely and exactly 9.86%. That's it. That's all we're taking. That is the pimple on the ass of an elephant. And so for people to say, you know, oh, my God, the sky is falling. Humpty Dumpty, there's a tidal wave. All the children are going to be, you know, deprived. No, listen, Atlanta's going to have to do something it's never done in the history of Atlanta. And that is to operate on a budget. That's what you and I have to do in our households. That's what our businesses have to do. Those uh, monies that are going to go to Atlanta public schools are going to keep going. The money to pay for sewer and water are going to keep going. Atlanta's going to have a wonderful windfall of something immediately when Buckhead City is set up. They can't hire 80 cops right now if they tried. Not because, you know, they're not trying. The cops have been demoralized. 300 of them quit in the last 12 months. So on day one, when we're up and running, 80 police officers now who have about 8,000 years of experience are going to go back into 
Atlanta as police officers on day one. It takes two years to train a cop. Imagine having a cop with eight years of experience in Atlanta coming back into Atlanta to solve crime. The people in Atlanta love this idea. So the uh, shell game on numbers and statistics, you'll see this, what I call the city of Atlanta's organized opposition. These are these high powered mouth breathers who get paid $50,000 a month of my taxpayer dollars to attack our plan are losing at the uh, court of public opinion every day. You know, Ed Lindsay, who's the big guy who is leading the opposition, he sold his house in Buckhead and he lives in Brookhaven. So I don't know how they're picking these people, but it's not boding well for their case, right? Instead of attacking us with lobbyists, $50,000 a month, why don't they call us and talk to us about how to fix these problems? We haven't heard anything from them. And you know what? It tells me something very clearly. They don't care about Buckhead. They only care about our money. And guess what? Those days are over. So you're saying that with 20% of the population is going to leave, but it's only going to be a 10 or 11% dip in Atlanta's revenues. 9.86%, exactly. 9.86%. And the alternative studies that have come out have said that Atlanta will lose $100 million and APS will lose $232 million if Buckhead leaves. Yeah. What's wrong with their methodology? Well, I mean, you just said that they're going to lose uh, $230 million of APS money. How they lose that if we're staying in the school? On top of which, they have the wrong number. It's $320 million. They don't even know their own numbers. You know, they're using census numbers from 2010. We're using recent census numbers. I can't help the city of Atlanta's organized opposition on their misinformation and misfacts or misnumbers. The laundry list of things that I'd have to spend time correcting is too long for this interview. But we will stay in APS, so they're going to keep the $230 million. They say it is. I say it's $330 million. I think APS would rather have $330 million. So we're willing to keep giving them that blank check. Most people would want to know where $330 million is going, you know, wouldn't you? Wouldn't I? Everybody wants to have a better accounting of that. I'd like the scores to be much better than 153 out of 193. And I'd like 90 plus percent knowing how to do math and read English properly. But that's just me. So, you know, firsthand the dynamics of the city. What will happen to the city of Atlanta if Buck were to secede? Well, it will be uh, devastating to our city, particularly you take 40 percent of your Uh, income that you're getting every day and see how you work with that. And it will also exacerbate our ability to deal and provide public services, particularly for police officers. The majority of our budget is made up of personnel, almost 75% of our budget. Don't quote me on the exact percentage, but most of that goes to public safety. That's the number one cost in our city. And so we will have to make cuts there. There will be no way around it. And that will, of course, hurt them as well, because I don't care how many officers they hire, what happens in the rest of the city will affect them. And then we just talked about this, Paul. Think about it. They can hire enough officers to be on every street corner. If they arrest someone, they're going to go through the same Fulton County court system that we just discussed. And so they're going to have the same issues that the city of Atlanta is having uh, with repeat and violent offenders. 
But that's not the only cost. <laughs> right. And there's other implications like our bond rating and the school system exactly. and the sewer system. Do you think that there's an easy way to figure those things out? And is the city of Atlanta going to play ball with the city of Buckhead on, on those kinds of services if Buckhead were to become its own entity? Well, let me start with the water rates. They will immediately pay a 23% increase in their water. If you're not a city of Atlanta resident and we supply you water, like Sandy Springs and other cities, they pay a surcharge of 23%. Water here is already pretty darn expensive, I'll say that. Exactly, so they can expect that to go up. As it relates to our bondholders, we only need to look back at the example of uh, the city of Stockbridge when Eagles Landing wanted to do what they're attempting to do. And the bondholders were sitting ready to go to court because they made agreements with that city and they want to make sure that they get their payments. So, you know, they will know that 40% of the revenue coming to the city going away will certainly impact their ability to get their payments, perhaps. And so I believe that will come into play. It will hurt our bond rating. Uh, The biggest loser will be our school system. I think I'm hearing it's somewhere around 200 million to our school system. And that will certainly hurt their bottom line and their ability uh, to serve our kids. For the record, I live in the district that would become Buckhead City so that I have a stake in the game, as do all Atlanta residents, whether they're voting or not. So you mentioned both Sandy Springs and Brookhaven, which became their own municipalities, but they were not carving out of another city. They were unincorporated parts of the county. Is that correct? Yes, There are many uh, iterations, let's call it, of how places become their own municipalities. Buckhead would require a two-step process, uh, which will show up on the ballot. There will actually be two things you'd have to check if you were for or against Buckhead City on the ballot in November of 2022, if we make it there. The first would be to de-annex the locale from the city of Atlanta. And the second, uh, right underneath there, would be to incorporate that area as Buckhead City. So that's the way that's going to work on the ballot. And this has some complications that are certainly starting a new city has many complications. But one of the things you've got to figure out is what happens to the public schools and those students attending those Atlanta public school system schools inside the new city? Yes. Again, this is a first time happening for the consideration of schools, but it is our intention and our strategic belief after discussing this with the Georgia legislature, despite what a lot of the opposition's information is out there. Yes, if we were to pull out of Atlanta public schools, it would be very difficult for our students and theirs. It's about $300 million Buckhead sends to the Atlanta public school system. The Atlanta public school system, Paul, is 153 out of 100. And 93 in the state of Georgia, it can get much worse for a school system's rating, on top of which only 40% of APS's students overall can read English correctly and write it and do math, basic math. So we're not doing well at all with the $1.5 billion budget every year for APS. It's very shameful, the return on investment, mainly for our children, but for families and hard working families who are putting all that billions of dollars into that school system, it's a horrible return for the future of our children. So that said, that said, our plan is to leave our children in those schools in Buckhead 
There's some great schools in Buckhead, which, by the way, are very successful here, even though there's been some issues with start, restart, virtual learning, no learning, vaccinations, masks, all that stuff, which, you know, we don't have a position on. But it's been very frustrating for the parents of children in the APS with all of that uncertainty, let's call it. So we don't want to add to that uncertainty by creating additional problems. But for the immediate future, we believe that the legislation will usurp current interpretation and allow our students to stay in the schools they want to stay in that they're currently in. If a parent decides they want another alternative, whether it's a charter school or creating some other dependent school system, you know, those are options we can look at down the road. How do you pay for that? Does the current feasibility budget include transfer payments to APS to allow our residents to attend those schools? That money uh, goes directly to Fulton County, to the good old Dr. Ferdinand, the tax man. I got a letter from him today. Yeah, you know, it's funny. A lot of our neighbors got our first mailer today from Buckhead City. They also got their tax bill. Now, is that a coincidence, Bill? Come on. Well, you know, I I don't want to reveal too much strategy. You know, it's just between you and me. (laughs) This is not our first rodeo, right? So we wanted people to see and have, you know, a sense of choice, right? They still have to pay the tax bill, but there's an alternative on the way. In addition to the practical implications, I worry about the moral and ethical implications of rich people trying to build a moat around their cities. I certainly understand the arguments, but how do you see the moral implications of the wealthiest part of Atlanta trying to become its own entity? Well, I believe there's a lot of implications and they're going on right now. I have many supporters that are in the Buckhead area. Majority of them are not in support of the city de-annexing, but there are some that are considering it. And so you're creating right now an internal divide in that neighborhood. But also, it certainly will not be lost on people that there is an economic as well as a racial divide in terms of the makeup of people in there. And I believe that only continues to feed into what is going on in our country is a lot of divisions. For us to continue to find ways to divide and fight on those divisions, and in that it will certainly hurt the spirit of the city. Do you understand the reason why people are doing this? It's not all just because we're divided as a country. There are some real practical problems that Buckhead feels that they're not getting the attention of the city on. I recognize that and I acknowledge that. I have been asked this many times at Forum, and I agree with them on everything that they're saying. They're concerned about a service delivery. They're concerned, more importantly, about the crime in this issue. But I also know that I hear the same concerns in other parts of the city. So as mayor, what I need to do is get our city safer and demonstrate that we're doing that, as well as demonstrate that we can get people to get what they pay for when they're paying for these services that we're not getting. If I do that, I believe if they're ever successful to vote, uh, the majority of them will understand that they have leadership they can trust and that we're moving towards fixing the issues in our city. Now, in preparation for this interview and the interview I had with the head of the Buckhead City Committee, I've been doing a lot of reading of our local papers, and I've learned about these issues. As a person who's been in city government for a long time and the head of the city council, what are some other things the city of Atlanta residents should be aware of that are important issues affecting our quality of life? Well, I think you need to be aware, and one of the main reasons other than to try to eliminate some of the crime that's happening in our community 
is pushing me to run is our service delivery over many administrations. So it's not just one of the more recent. We have just sort of put band-aids on issues in these departments and those band-aids are no longer holding and our infrastructure of service delivery is crumbling. And so when they call 911 and they're not getting an answer and be put on hold, that's because there's some systemic issues in that department. Uh, We have low number of people answering the calls. And there's a reason for that. There's a management issue with that. When their yard trimmings are sitting on the curb for weeks and weeks on end, that's showing you that that crumble and that infrastructure of our foundation is breaking down where you don't get the services at all. And that's because, you know, you have failing equipment, low employee morale, low employee numbers, and the ability to attract workers. Facilities are bad. It's just all of the departments of the city need a major overhaul and transformation. And I, as mayor, want to get my hands dirty and get into the weeds and get it fixed because we do the great big things well, but we haven't done those kinds of things where we're really paying attention to the day-to-day operations of the city. One of the issues that keeps coming up in the Buckhead City issue is the water boys. These are young, mostly African-American boys, mostly boys or young men who sell water on the corners of major intersections of the city. And our current mayor, Bottoms, calls them entrepreneurs. And I know a lot of people that consider them to be hazardous to their own health and to those of the drivers. Would you allow that to continue under your administration? Well, I was one of the first elected officials to issue a public statement saying that it has to stop. It's unsafe for the kids and it's unsafe for those who they're approaching. I went out myself personally, talked to them, some that were selling in Buckhead. Uh, My first complaints were coming actually from those selling in Northwest Atlanta and Southwest Atlanta. And in talking with them, I think you do have some that have an entrepreneurial spirit. They're trying to earn a little money to get the best tennis shoes they can get or save for a car (laughs) or something like that. Uh, And then you have others who are out there who frankly, don't have any guidance, are armed, are injuring people and robbing people. So there's a mix. But whether they are doing it for good reasons or to be able to support their family, it has to stop. Because first of all, it's not legal. And secondly, those kids are being hurt. They've been hit by cars and people who they're approaching have been hurt as well. So we need to stop it, but we also got to provide opportunities for them and options. Some are jobs programs, job readiness training. And if we provide the options, maybe even entrepreneurial training, if we provide the options, then those who will take the option will take it. And those who won't will have to be uh, use enforcement to keep them off the corners. You know, you make a strong argument around education, around crime, obviously, as a resident, as a father of two kids and husband of a wife who doesn't need my protection, but who is out there living her life and filling up her car at gas stations. I'm concerned about crime in the city, but this all feels very Brexity, Bill, you know, and I'm afraid we're- hey, uh, I mean, Brexity. It feels like radical surgery when what you really want to do is get the city to fix itself. Do we have to tear ourselves apart? Is there a stronger argument for a middle ground here, do you think? Yes, I think you need to have those people answer that question on your show. 
the people who are in charge of the city of Atlanta. What are they telling you? Listen, I haven't heard from them, so I don't know what they think about this plan. I just know that they haven't reached out to us. And there would have to be five or six systemic changes that I do not, honestly, in my heart, I'm a faithful guy, right? I've been married to the same man for 21 years. You know, I believe in marriage. I'm a marriage guy. You know, like if you're married in the, the LGBT community for 21 years, that's like 140 in dog years, you know? <laughs> so I love marriage, right? I'm a marriage guy. Divorce is not in my vocabulary. But when you have irreconcilable differences, civilly, this there's no other choice. You know, 62% of every marriage in this country ends in divorce. I hate it, but it happens. And there can be good divorces and there can be bad divorces. You know, uh, Felicia Moore talks about smart aleck response like, hey, Bill, you know, with uh, divorce, you know, comes alimony. And I said, Felicia, I think you should stop saying that because I want you to know that the abused spouse and the abandoned children in a divorce proceeding do much better in the court of public opinion than the uh, abusive spouse. So Atlanta needs to be careful with that. It's very dangerous ground. I think that upsets people in Buckhead when they start talking about that versus solving these problems. We've heard nothing from them. It's crickets. The fact that we did this feasibility study and we show that we can take that $205 million that we'd be taking out of Atlanta's budget, it's only 9.86%. We can hire 250 cops compared to the 80 that they give us. We can let them do their job, which Atlanta doesn't let our current cops do. We can put the smackdown on this crime and we would have a $100 million surplus. That's what the feasibility study showed us. So it begs the question, where in God's name has all this money been going to this bloated, corrupt bureaucracy called the city of Atlanta? Where's our money been going? Why can't they keep us safe over here? It's threefold. One, they don't have the leadership to apply the policies of policing to arrest the criminals. They announced they're not arresting shoplifters. So what goes up in Buckhead? Shoplifting. They announced we're not chasing felons, shooting people out of cars like on Far Road or stealing cars at a gas station. They know they're not going to be chased. So what goes up in Buckhead? Carjackings. They say that the water boys, you know, who are terrorizing our street corners and punching our old grandfathers and our mothers and our families with children in the car to steal money or throw the water bottle at them if they're not giving them money. The mayor of Atlanta calls those criminals entrepreneurs. They're not entrepreneurs. They're criminals. And they need to be handled as criminals. So we're going to prosecute shoplifters. We're going to chase criminals who commit crimes in their car and arrest them and prosecute them. And we're going to arrest the legal guardians or the parents of those children. So they're off the street because the way we're doing it right now, we are in a losing battle with the quality of life. We have a mass exodus from Buckhead. There are 46 acres on West Paces Ferry Road, right where the governor has the governor's mansion. And they're not leaving because of the potholes. They're leaving because of the crime. And I have a bank. It's a very interesting proposition. Who's interested to come to Buckhead if we can get our city up and running and get the crime under control. That would mean thousands of jobs and a great boom to our economy. So folks who say, hey, this is going to hurt the economy of Atlanta and 
Brookhaven, and it's just baloney. It's going to strengthen it. If you don't have crime under control, everybody leaves. Businesses, jobs, taxes. If we get crime under control, right? If we get under control, we can do that. That will help Atlanta do the same. I am 100% confident it'll make both sister cities safe and prosperous once more. Bill White, Chairman, CEO of Buckhead City Committee, thanks for your time. Thank you so much. What do you love most about Atlanta? I love the fact that I'm here. I'm originally from Indianapolis, Indiana, and I came through here on a high school senior trip and snuck away from my chaperone and went in a nightclub. Don't ask me how I got in there. And I thought I had died and woke up in Black Hollywood. And I said, if I ever move, I want to be in Atlanta. And I made it here and I've lived here now longer than anywhere else in my life. And I just love being here. I love the city. I love its energy. I love its people. I love everything about Atlanta. Felicia, if our listeners are interested in finding out more about you and your campaign, where should they go? It's very easy. They go to FeliciaMooreForMayor.com. And my name is spelled, because I know there's many different spellings, F-E-L-I-C-I-A-M-O-O-R-E, and then for, F-O-R, Mayor.com, FeliciaMooreForMayor.com. All righty. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, there you have it. Two very different opinions on important and contentious social issues. I appreciate Bill and Felicia's time for helping me get smarter about this. If nothing else, it is my sincere hope that this episode has inspired you to do more reading and get smarter about what's going on in your local area. One of the things we didn't even have time to include in this episode were some questions around the issue of single family dwelling zoning in Atlanta. There are some pretty crazy proposals in front of the Atlanta City Council as it relates to many neighborhoods where they're zoned for single-family dwelling to be unilaterally converted to multifamily zoning. And while the intent behind this is purportedly to create more affordable housing, this is a threat to the nature and property values in many neighborhoods. Read up on this. Read up on what's going on in your local area so that when you find out about this stuff, it's not too late to do anything about it. Let's get to the takeaways. To Bill's credit, he's not wrong about the problems. You can take issue with his tactics, with his tone, or whatever you want, but he's not wrong about the problems. What's going on in Buckhead is terrible. It is inexcusable. It's certainly not the only neighborhood in town, as Felicia mentioned, that's got problems with crime and a lot of other things. But the problems are bad, they've gotten worse, and the city isn't doing jack squat about them. I don't believe that carving out its own city is the best solution to these problems. I don't hear a logistical plan that I can have faith in. There are too many unanswered questions. If the vote were today, I certainly wouldn't vote yes. There's just too many unanswered questions. I also don't buy the math that the city is only going to lose 9.86% of its revenue while cutting loose its 20% that probably make up the most affluent residents. I need to do more research on this topic, but that sounds illogical to me. If the math was right, why wouldn't the city of Atlanta just been like, get the hell out of here, go, you whiny rich people, leave us alone. Don't let the door hit you on your way out, uh, is I suppose the expression. Next, I think the idea of a jail four hours away in South Georgia, that scares me, man. That feels very authoritarian. 
And I know we need to be stricter than we're being. I know we need a lot more police officers. I know we need a lot more feet on the street. But man, can you imagine having your kid getting in a car accident and get arrested and be shipped four hours away to South Georgia? I'm not sure that's good for Buckhead or for Atlanta. Next, I hate to say this, but honestly, all the reading and research I did to learn about these issues led me to a lower regard for the quality of our city government. And it didn't start at a terribly high point. I certainly enjoyed speaking to Felicia Moore. She sounds like she's got a lot to offer. I think she's got a real grasp of the balanced needs of the city, including the needs of the citizens who live in the Buckhead area. My hope is there are more people like her that I don't know about in city government and that she is able to do a lot of the kinds of work that she mentioned in this episode. Lastly, I just hope we don't have to go there. I hope the best case scenario that I can see this turning into is that the city of Atlanta government sees this as an opportunity to engage in constructive problem solving with the people of Buckhead as opposed to contentious threats to leave like every sports team threatens to leave when they don't get the stadium they want. I hope we can sit down and come out of this a stronger Buckhead and a stronger Atlanta. That's it. I'd love to hear your feedback. By all means, leave some comments in the Facebook group, the Crazy Money Listeners group on Facebook. You can shoot me a note at paul at crazymoneypodcast.com, paul at crazymoneypodcast.com. I want to hear from you. Thanks for sticking around all the way to the end. Mike Carano, please make me sound smart.